he immediately sticks out like a sore thumb, like swim cap on. And then he's wearing like proper swim attire, like a speedo. So, you know, that turns a couple heads, people looking like, <laughs> who's this dude in this tiny little speedo. And then as soon as he gets in the water, just, just seeing how he moves that turns some heads. But then like he and Mal go off for a lap and the guy in the lane next to me goes, Hey, is that Lochte? <laughs> and like on his swim cap, it has like the American flag. And then it says Lochte. And I'm like, yeah. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Our guest today needs, well, almost no introduction, but I'll do it anyway. Matt Fraser is a five-time CrossFit Games champion. He has a lengthy background in strength sports as a youth weightlifter all the way through to the fittest man in history. I've known Matt for years, before he was a CrossFit Games champion even. I know, I'm dating myself. And it's awesome to finally get him on this podcast. It's been a long time coming. We talk about everything from nutrition to his eating habits as a weightlifter, goals in that sport, transitioning to CrossFit, training without really knowing what was going on in functional fitness, all the way through to today, where he runs the Hard Work Pays Off Training and Coaching Empire. It's a lot to get into. Matt and I had a great time recording this, so I hope you enjoy. All right, today we have a very special edition of the Barbend Podcast. I'm talking to someone who I've known since 2014, I want to say, probably. Back, back in Grid League, right? It was pre-Grid League, actually. It was the it was the East Coast Championship. Maybe it was 2015. Oh, no, I mean, I'm an ECC. That, 2014. I had my first, yeah, I, the first ECC was the tail end of 2013. And then when it went over to... Uh, the bigger venue. Yeah, that was like January of 2014. I actually remember, wait a minute, we actually met in 2013 because I was covering, I was a, a writer for regionals that year in the Northeast. And that was your first year at regionals. And you were the Olympic lifter who busted out this huge overhead squat from the yeah. ground. And they were like, go talk to this guy. He's he's new. And I remember I was the guy tasked with with interviewing you about that. Oh, man. Dude, it's, it's those competitions. Like, the first couple of years of regionals or like ECC, Beast of the East, like those kind of like New England competitions. Oh, I look back at those. Those are some of the best memories. Like, because I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, it was just taking it for what it was and having fun with it. And yeah, like that first, that first regionals, uh, I would like do really, really well in an event and then <laughs> bottom, bottom, you know, 10 and then really well and bottom 10. I mean, I remember. Like that competition is like I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have a coach. Like my warm up, I would juggle a soccer ball for like five or ten minutes and then go out <laughs> on the floor. That was it. Like and and I was like, oh, this is a great warm up. I'm agile on my feet, gets me breathing, sweating a little bit, and then I would go and either crush a workout or get crushed. Everyone's looking at this guy, and and no no one's thinking to themselves, oh, this guy's going to win the CrossFit Games five times in a row pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the hell is this guy? He's from yeah. Vermont. What is he? What is he doing here? Oh, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was still borrowing someone's someone's shoes at that point. I was all over the place, but man, I was having a hell of a time doing it. 
<laughs> it was that was an interesting competition because yeah it was really up and down there were a lot of like very heavy events that year and then a lot of events that were very just like grinding it out kind of like open workouts and i remember the overhead squad event you absolutely demolished it and you were like yeah that's the thing i know how to do like putting weight overhead and squatting it yeah, yeah. i was an olympic lifter i can do that and we also found out then that chris polakowski was your old coach yep who who i knew through ben fuller in back in the old weightlifting days we're getting very off track that's for no one. right yeah 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 for folks who for folks who like aren't familiar and are just like what the hell is going on right now the olympic lifting community back in like 2012 13 was about oh uh, it was tiny you could like fit it in a thumbtack now it's much bigger but so per perfect example of how much uh usa weightlifting has grown is when i used to compete i forget what specific competition but it was a national level i forget if it was american open or nationals and they they held it at the arnold and so i used to compete so i've been going to the arnold since i was like 14 15 years old to compete in weightlifting and i think i mean don't quote me on this maybe like 120 to 160 lifters Sounds over right. the course the course of three days this year they had to move the weightlifting to a different venue at the arnold because they had 1900. Yeah. they had six platforms going full time it was the biggest strength competition in in history anywhere in the world yeah so i mean it's just crazy seeing seeing how much it's grown since since i stepped away from it do you do you ever think back to your weightlifting days and either either miss it have any regrets anything that you're like hey i, I kind of wish i'd done this a little differently when when you were a weightlifter before the crossfit period so in in some aspects you know ha having the knowledge and the experience i have now if I were to redo my weightlifting career, yeah, I would do uh, everything differently. Um, uh, uh, not not everything. There, there were there were aspects of it that were phenomenal, but at the same time, if I'm looking at it as like, well, if I did different thing, did things differently and had success in that sport, would I have pursued CrossFit? You know, like so from 12 until. I think I was 21 when I stepped away from weightlifting, but you know, the better part of 10 years, my goal was to make the Olympics. And when that didn't pan out, like, I, I think if, if it had panned out, if I did make an Olympic team, would I have even thought twice about pursuing another sport? Probably not. I probably would have been satisfied, went and got, got my college degree in a, in a desk job and just kind of been good with it. But because I had that like more in the tank, and I didn't feel accomplished. That's why I kept looking. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's very easy to look back now and go like, oh, I made this mistake, this mistake, this mistake, and could have, you know, catapulted myself. But I'm pretty pumped with where I am today. So, so <laughs> in the grand scheme, I'm pretty psyched that I made the decisions I did. It all worked out. And the last thing I want to talk about back from back in the old days, let's talk like we, we were really dating ourselves here. Just a couple of old fogies chatting yeah. back and forth. You were coming off that first CrossFit Regionals. You were not too far removed from a pretty significant back surgery, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been, let's see. I mean, I probably would have been three, three years removed oh, okay. from having my, my L5 repaired. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I, after that back surgery, I got, you know, a couple couple bolts, couple metal plates thrown in there. And then I still had a, I came back for about a year in weightlifting, had a full comeback, hit PRs, you know, did everything I wanted to do there. 
but because of that back injury, you know, I, I just trained with such a, with so much resentment that, you know, I kind of, without even realizing it kind of crushed my love for the sport, you know, training off resentment every day, you know, slowly those feelings start creeping into other aspects of your life. And you're just, you're just a, you're just miserable the whole time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Full L5 repair in two spots. And See folks, you can come back from injury. This is not a medical <laughs> advice podcast, but, but, but Matt is a really good example of that. Well, we're going to counter that training with resentment to just a ton of positivity because you are extremely busy today. And we were joking before the podcast, I said, you're building kind of a, a hard work pays off empire. But then I had difficulty saying like, wait, what, what is this brand you're building? So give us an idea, if you don't mind, of like what a week looks like in the life of Matt Fraser, the business person. Man. Um, it's a big question. It's a big question. Yeah. Doing like a week summation is pretty tough. I mean, I mean, I'll cover one day, um, you know, <laughs> like right, <laughs> right now, you know, up, up at five 30 in the gym at six, uh, I have a couple, couple buddies that come over every morning. So we'll, we'll usually train for, you know, hour and a half, but it's very, very casual. It's focused on, you know, like we're all, we're all progressing, trying to be healthier and fitter, but, but at the same time, there are chairs in the gym and we drink coffee while we're training. So wait, you, um, you, you drink coffee. I never knew that about you. I'm I know, joking. Right? I I'm know. joking. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that's how I start my day. And then, um, you, I usually have like a half hour where I get to just kind of hang out with Sammy and, you know, scarf, scarf down some food if I'm hungry, but then Mal, Mal and Jake get here at eight 30. That usually takes me to 1130 ish where I'm coaching them, uh, in the gym. And then from there, it's kind of whatever project I'm on that need needs my attention. So, you know, for a, for a long time working with Spencer, it was getting the getting the book done. And now with HWPO training, you know, it's programming or just anything that's involved on the tech side. If I can be in the back end, kind of working there, or if uh, anything comes up with with podium and trying to get that podium nutrition started and going, um, yeah, it's kind of whatever whatever project needs attention at, at the time, that's what I'm spending the rest of my day with, but no set cutoff time. It's uh, it's great working from home, but the worst part about working from home is that you work from home. So <laughs> you don't have defined hours of when things start and finish. There's no, there's no punch card to punch out at the end of the day. No. So HWPO, what is it? You're obviously coaching elite, elite athletes, Mal O'Brien being someone who kind of has a ton of yep. eyes on her this year, heading into heading into game season, just finishing the open. So you're coaching elite athletes, but also HWPO has a pretty big and growing component where anyone who's looking to train kind of under your guidance or where you, with your methodology can use it. So what is, what's the kind of the full suite of offerings? You know, obviously we, we launched with what, what I looked at as, uh, you know, the, the perfect track for somebody that, is looking for you know one session per day, but ninety minutes to two hours. But it was intended for somebody that wants to, you know, hit hit personal records, still progress in lifting, metcons, cardio, all that stuff. It was set up for to get PRs and kind of thinking of you know regional level, sanctional level athlete. That's that's who I had in mind there. But at the same time. Uh, I set it up in a way that everything's run off percentages and your personal paces. So, you know, any, anyone can do it. Like, uh, my, my mother who's 66, 
did did that program for for a long time and you know for her back squat numbers it doesn't matter you know that her and i are doing the same reps and percentages it's because we're working off different prs but then listening to the feedback and some people were saying like oh this is not even close to enough volume and then other people were saying this is way too much volume so we we saw enough of a demand for it that we split into two more tracks so we did hwpo pro that track follows the crossfit season so open quarterfinal sanctionals games uh so it's like two sessions per day so obviously a lot more time dedicated towards it but then also you're expected to have uh resources outside the gym so whether that's a pool or a lake to swim in going road biking hill sprints track sessions all that type of stuff and that one's intended for the person that's you know striving to make it to the games or be competitive at the games and then the other the other extreme was hwpo 60. so we took the flagship program took all the big bang for the buck pieces and put them on time intervals. So in certain areas, we had to scale back the overall volume to be able to hit it in inside the, the time domains. But that, that one's intended for somebody that, you know, maybe, maybe hoping to get some PRs, but it's not as big of a priority, but you know, time sensitive, you have requirements outside the gym, you have responsibilities in your life, whether it's work or family, whatever it is. And then with the new app we launched two new tracks we have hwpo sweat that that one's really fun and and i really really encourage anyone in hwpo to try it you get a free membership with it just to try it because i think on paper it looks very very simple and not challenging to somebody that likes throwing around barbells or anything like that it will kick your ass so it is no barbells no gymnastics uh you just need like you know, one cardio machine and then very simple equipment like a dumbbell or a kettlebell, jump rope, very simple stuff. And it's it's just intended to get you in and out of the gym, you know, right around that 45 minute mark, but you have intervals the whole way through. So you're never looking at it as like one 45 minute window. You're only looking at two minutes, three minutes ahead each time. And then we launched uh, HWPO Classic. So it's free with every membership and it's just your classic what you think of when you think crossfit couplets triplets chippers that type of stuff and that's kind of intended you know if you're thrown down with a buddy and you're following your progressions and you just want your buddies jumping in for the day or something like that and you want to work out to throw down with your with your friends you got that well when you say minimal equipment if you've been in functional fitness in some capacity for a long time the thing that gets crossfitters most scared is when they walk in and they don't see a lot of equipment that's how you know the workout's going to be <laughs> the most the most brutal you yeah. see like a pair of dumbbells or a single kettlebell and like one cardio machine and that's all you're used to today oh no i don't even need yeah. to know the workout that's going to be terrifying and, you know it's it's the type of workouts that sammy sammy's done for you know most days of the week that's what she's hitting and and every once in a while you know i'm watching her and it's like i'm like why are you breathing so heavy like <laughs> like you're not you're not doing squats or whatever it is and then like i'll jump in with her every once in a while and you have a whole new respect for it and it's like when it's lighter you just do more reps or but but it's really nice like it's a nice change up especially when you know if you're it, it's just nice to have low impact stuff and then it's just i remember like i remember the first one i jumped in she wrote the workout up and i think she was like 35 25 for dumbbell weight and i grabbed a 50 and she was like no you don't need it and i was like sweetheart i think i need it 
And then, you know, two minutes into the workout, I'm going over the dumbbell rack and like doing the shameful exchange. Just like, yeah, you don't, you don't need a lot of weight for that. The first time I ever did a Barry's boot camp, and for those who don't know what Barry's boot camp is, it's like you spend half the time on these treadmills and you spend half the time on the floor doing like dumbbell stuff. Yeah. And I'd never been to one before. I went with a buddy and they had dumbbells going up to 50 pounds. And I was like, I'm a big guy. I'm a strong yeah. guy. Like, I'm going to show these boot campers what I'm all about. So I grab the 50s, start on the floor, and you get on this bench. It's like a step stool that you can like use as a bench. And they're like, we're going to do dumbbell bench. I was like, 50 pounds. I got this. No problem. And they're like, cool start doing it, start wrapping it out. They're like, we'll be going for four minutes. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Well, it's the same as like when you hit like a Tabata of air squats. And I'm like, dude, I squat, I'm, I'm edging up towards a 500 pound squat. I can cycle 225 like no one's business. And then you hit a Tabata of air squats and you're like, oh, there it is. Yep. There's that feeling. I had to do the shameful exchange where it wasn't in like my home gym. I had to do it in front of a bunch of like New York City <laughs> fitness types who were like dressed better than I normally than I am when I like go out for dinner. And I had to just yeah. like, like, you know, in the middle of it, change the dumbbells and everyone sees because I'm the only one changing out the dumbbells. Worst moment of my life. The, the best part is like, yeah, everyone has a smile on their face, but they're smiling because they probably made the same mistake. They 100%. They 100% knew. I, it was just, I was already sticking out like a sore thumb, but I was like, oh yeah. no, oh, oh no, absolutely <laughs> not. Do, do you do any HWPO programming for gyms or is it all focused on individuals now? Not, not yet. No affiliate programming yet. It's, um, you know, it was something that we, we got heavier into the conversation a little while back, but then we knew we were switching platforms. So obviously our priorities shifted, but with something like that, it's obviously something that we, we want to do, but it's just finding the right people to put in place to do it because in that situation that that's not the right thing for me because I've never run the affiliate. I've never run big classes or kind of, I'm sure there's 101 things that would come up that would never cross my mind because I'm not an affiliate owner. So we would love to find somebody that, that has um, a better experience in that. And then hopefully like tailor the HWPO flagship program to to suit that. That's probably the most honest answer I've ever gotten on this podcast when it comes to a business question. Normally, <laughs> nor, and I do the same thing. If I'm on a, if I'm on the other side of a podcast and someone asks me like, "Oh, like what does Barben have planned?" I'll give some like politicians answer about like, "Oh, you know, we're just waiting for the right time." But I love how you're just very straightforward like, so you're like, "I'm not the right person for that. If we find the right people for that, yeah. Great. We'll do it." But that's not me. Well, I mean I remember um you know, and like having, having so, like a coach that's like that, that has zero ego, zero pride. And one of the best examples of that was, um, Adam, Justin Medeiros' coach. Yeah. And Adam, Adam Neifer, he's been on the podcast. Yeah. Great guy. Zero ego. It is so impressive. And, and he, I remember having a talk with him and he was like, nope, like my job is to provide the best service to Justin and and if I can't do it, then my job becomes finding someone who can. And it was it was so refreshing hearing that because I've seen it like in different sports, even in, in our sport, of a coach that isn't willing to say, I don't know, because it can be interpreted as like a sign of weakness or like, oh, you're not the right coach. Like a perfect example of it was uh, like working with Mal. She she's a great swimmer. She swam on her high school swim team for a year or two, 
but you get in the pool with her and I'm like, this girl can dust me. You know, she's had more experience with swimming. She's very good at it, but obviously we're trying to get better. And I'm like, you're, you're past my limit. And so I was like, all right, let me find, let me find a swimmer to come up here and work with you and, and have them coach you, but then also have them coach me so that when they're gone, I can try to implement some of the stuff that they showed us. And so, you know, we got Ryan Lochte to come up and jump in the pool with Mal. And I'm like, all right, you know, like 12 Olympic golds. Like, I think this is a pretty good resume for showing us, showing us how to swim. Um, but you know, stuff like that, of like, okay, like if, if I don't have the right answer, let me go, let me go find it. I just like to imagine that you got applications in for, to like, for like a swimming consultant. And it was like, <laughs> it was like some local folks, you know, it was like, you know, trained on a high school team, coached a high school team. And then you just get to like Ryan lot. It's like Ryan Lochte and you see his resume and you're like, wait a minute, hmm, this is going to be a tough decision here. It was, it was a very fun training session for me because, you know, we, we just swim at a regular health and fitness club. And so we go in and I'm just like, Hey, can I use like one of my guest passes for him? And they're filling out the paperwork, like, and they, they don't recognize him or know him. Like it's just some, somebody that is working after school, checking them in. But then when we get, go into the pool area, he immediately sticks out like a sore thumb, like swim cap on. And then he's wearing like proper swim attire, like a speedo. And then, so, you know, that turns a couple heads, people looking like, <laughs> who's this dude in this tiny little speedo. And then as soon as he gets in the water, just, just seeing how he moves that turns some heads, but then like he and Mal go off for a lap and the guy in the lane next to me goes, Hey, is that Lochte? <laughs> and, and like on his swim cap, it has like the American flag. And then it says Lochte. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Ryan Lochte. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's Ted. Like, yeah, of course it's Ryan Lochte. Look, his, look at him. His cousin, he, Ted Lochte. They're all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, look at him. He's throwing a wake, like a Merc 250 going through the water. Like, and there, and then just people then start, you know, chit-chatting and, and people start like coming out and watching them swim and stuff. And, but yeah, you know, it's just incredible having those resources. And then if I can provide a better service to, to the people we work with, it's phenomenal. Who is someone you would like to learn from in a coaching capacity, but maybe haven't had the chance just yet? Oof. Can be, can be literally any, anyone from the breadth of, of the sports world. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet and train with a lot of phenomenal people. I think, you know, that there's two, two departments that I haven't really touched much in. I would love, love to have like a couple training sessions with someone who is like a, like top level bodybuilder, you know, and just like, like we, we just trained with, uh, Rob Kearney who he got fifth at, at the Arnold and the strong man. Um, he's been a buddy for a couple of years. Yeah. And just seeing how they train is just jaw dropping. And it's just, just because of how different it is, you know, it just seems crazy that you're taking that long a rest in between sets or you're doing <laughs> that few of reps, you know? Yeah. I think I, I would love to have some like quality time with a bodybuilder in the gym and like, just have them put me through a couple of training sessions. I would, I would. That would be a lot of fun for me. And then, you know, I would also like to, you know, spend some time with a sprint coach. Okay. Sprinter or a sprint coach. Um, because once again, 
you know, the little, little tiny window of experience I've had with a sprint practice was with Paul Akowski. Hmm. Um, so he, he was a track coach by trade. That's and, right. And that's right. So he got into Olympic weightlifting. So he was my Olympic weightlifting coach from when I was in middle school, but he started coaching weightlifting to supplement track. And then it kind of became a full-time thing. So after the 2015 games, he was like, Hey, like you suck at sprinting. Please remember <laughs> that I'm a track coach. And so he's the one that I was showing up to the middle school track practices with. And, and even that, like, this is like such a scaled down, like you're, you're corralling 150 kids for track practice, but seeing that how that training is implemented versus what, what I typically do was just so drastically different that it was a lot of fun. So I would love to like spend some time with like a top level sprinter. I think that'd be super interesting. I love that you're kind of constantly varying your coaching exposure now. This is like, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many things that like with different people that I've worked with that, you know, obviously what they're, what they're telling me and showing me is directly applicable to that one, one stimulus or that one modality. But then a lot of times, a lot of that stuff is transferable. So, you know, even like working with Chris Henshaw with aerobic capacity, yeah, his specialty is running. That's that's what he primarily focuses on. That that's what he coached me in most of the time. But then the, there was stuff there was stuff that translated over into into other weaknesses. You know, a, a way of training that time domain, and then I applied it to like, all right, it's not running, but like my I need better hip flexor endurance. Let me apply, you know, that training methodology to this domain and see if it works. So, you know, stuff like that, like it's very rarely that one thing is only applicable to that one specific skill. It usually translates over into other things. Well, Matt, I have one final question for you, and this is a curveball. This is like so far out of left field. (laughs) You're either going to hate me or you're going to laugh. Okay. (laughs) When's the last time you ate a Gaines bowl? And for reference, for folks who don't know, a Gaines bowl is something that I remember talking to Matt about years ago probably eight years ago and it's a pint of ben and jerry's ice cream with whole milk poured over it yeah it's it's basically a bowl of cereal but with ice cream instead of cereal when's the last time you ate a Gaines bowl dude it's been it's been a minute i honestly i know i've had one in the last couple years but after the 2015 games that was like one of the most obvious things that i was like i need to cut this shit out so I think I've done it like I think I've had one one time since since 2015. But I just I was like there's just so much guilt and resentment from eating those so often that I was I I don't think I enjoyed it the same way. Well, and it's a it's a slippery slope because they are <laughs> fucking delicious. <laughs> Matt and I are both over 30 years old at this point. And if I, if you, if I sat down and ate an entire one of those, like I used to, like you used to crush, I'd probably just go to the hospital. I, so I remember like, <laughs> like after the games, I would like be like, all right, like let, let my hair down for a little bit and kind of eat some trash food. And I remember the first time that I just sat down, like a pint of ice cream, that's one serving for me. And like I scarfed it down and I felt, I felt hung over the next morning Yeah, and I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to not like, this is what it feels like to be old. <laughs> like where I'm getting hung over from a pint of ice cream the night before. Yeah. So I, I've definitely throttled back and, and you know, when, when I was eating that much too, my, one of my friends worked at 
Ben and Jerry's so they could take home like five pints a day or something. And so I just had unlimited access to it. And actually Ben and, ben and Jerry sent me a bunch of stuff. Like they sent me like a stack of free pint coupons when they saw how much I was eating it. They're like, yeah, keep it going. I was like, Sweet. And then 15 games happened. I went, ah, fuck that. In moder everything in everything in moderation. Maybe don't yeah. eat a pint of ice cream every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe everything in moderation. Matt, it has been such a pleasure catching up with you. Where are the best places for people to follow along with what you're doing and with HWPO? Uh, so HWPO, uh, you can download uh, download the app on the app on the App Store. Uh, we have the app for Apple and Android. Uh, you can sign up for it uh, hwpotraining.com. And then you can follow me. Uh, Instagram is where I'm most active. Uh, tag at Matthew Fraz. Um, yeah, that's about it. Easy enough. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.